We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Abner Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and man he is today. They chat about topics like the state of boxing, being a husband and a girl dad, sports, music, culture, and family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris each week wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, the Packers get their ass kicked edition, <laughs> yet still 4-1. So uh, thank you for listening in. I'm Steve Peratch, as always, joined by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher, How's everybody doing, Jesse? Are you you dealing with this okay? I know you've got uh, a couple of dogs nipping at some heels, though, huh? <laughs> Football, Steve. Woo! Woo! Uh, listen, yeah, as I was telling you guys uh, pre-show, now I've got uh, <laughs> two puppies, one perhaps temporarily. We shall see. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm getting bit up. Uh, my legs and hands are just super bloody. So the Packers loss didn't hurt that bad, physically speaking. Anyway. <laughs> Emotionally, he's a wreck. <laughs> oh, just, oh, I just, I have not been sleeping, Steve. <laughs> Sarah, how you doing? 
I'm good. I'm glad that the weekend is over because I think I had a little taste of what it's like to be an Atlanta sports fan this weekend, and I hated it. I hated it. UCF blew a big lead, lost. My Premier League soccer team blew a big lead and tied. Then the Packers, just gross. And then Orlando City blew a lead and tied in stoppage time. So... Just not good. I don't like it. This is why I'm a Packers fan and not an Atlanta sports fan. Um, glad it's over and looking forward to a win this week because I need it. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things you forget exactly how toxic Packers Twitter can get after a loss because yeah. it's, it's been great. Like, it's been a month of just positivity, and the Packers are amazing. It's so cool. And then all I've seen is the Packers suck, Aaron Rodgers is washed, Jordan Love, and all sorts of nonsensical trades uh, for wide receivers, middle linebackers, cornerbacks, um, offensive linemen, pretty much anything you can think of that, that needs to be out there. So. Hopefully uh, this coming week against the Texans, the Packers can bounce back and have a good week and they can have a win because I don't know how much I can deal with this like crazy negativity all over Twitter. So let's see. Let's jump in, guys. We've got uh, a little bit of news and notes. The Packers have signed an inside linebacker. Woohoo! <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, it is. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say unfortunately. I don't know, but he's from. It's James Burgess. He's from the Falcons practice squad. Does he? I mean, yeah. I mean, they've got. Listen, yeah. so many good defenders, so many good Zion, inside linebackers in Atlanta. I mean, there's just no place for him. You know, that's really what it came down to. Is just where, where, where do you put a guy that has as much talent as the Falcons do on defense? That's, that's ultimately what it came down to. I think so. You know, could be very good for the Packers. I mean, literally, Atlanta has 7 million guys on IR, literally, and they couldn't bring him up to their full squad. So uh, other news for the Packers, they put Perry Nickerson on IR, the cornerback, and released wide receiver uh, Lipscomb from the practice squad. And they also lose Robert Foster, who was signed to the 53-man of the Washington football team. And I actually had to write down Washington football team, so I made sure I said that correctly. Um, we've got a couple other things we'll jump into, but guys, let's let's just start. Sarah, you always do the uh, the reaction piece for Cheesehead TV. What was the <laughs> what was the takeaway from the game on Sunday? This one was short and sweet and to the point. I think, you know, the biggest thing that we learned is that the Packers are mortal. I think through the first few weeks, everyone was like, this is it. We're, we're going to win every game. We're the best team in the NFL. And I certainly think we're contenders. But that game showed that there's definitely still things to work on. You know, their offense was exposed at times. Their defense um, struggled with just about everything at times. And this is a great opportunity. It Packers fans should just be thrilled that if we lost like this, it happened early in the year. If that if that's a takeaway, is now we've learned from it. They got their butts kicked. They can go back to the tape and watch and see. And they know that they're never going to want to feel that way again. Rogers talked about this on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday as well. They they saw that they have to play consistent. They have to practice consistently. They don't want to feel like that. So that was something that I kind of took away from the game was that hey, you know, the Packers are beatable. They're a great team, but they didn't perform 100%, and they're beatable. So in order to be the best, they have to play like they're the best. Um, offensive MVP, this was the first time in the few years that I've been writing for Cheesehead TV that I did not 
award an offensive MVP because it just <laughs> didn't feel right. I was like, there isn't, you know, I looked, obviously it wasn't Aaron Rodgers, and then I look at the run game, and I look at the pass game, and I'm like, there's just nothing here. So that was a stinker. And, yeah, I mean, moral of the story, I think someone tweeted it at me, and I included it in the in my uh, recap, was that sucked on to next week. So perfect description for that, and that's kind of my mindset moving forward. Sarah's, like, uh, feeling what it is to be a parent when you actually, like, have to take away something that your kids love <laughs> and you actually, like, feel like the bad guy, but you're like, no, you didn't, de- you don't deserve it. Yeah, you don't get, now. you don't get this right now. You do not get this. They <laughs> don't. Sorry, Packers. Not this week. <laughs> Dusty, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, everything, Sarah, that's true. I mean, it's, it's kind of a wake-up call. There's some deficiencies there. I mean, we're riding high from the offense doing what the offense was doing. And I mean, I mean, I don't know if there's any really long-term concerns, I don't think, coming out of it, at least for me. But I do think, I mean, you know, the, the offensive line, it's, it's funny. The offensive line came into the the, uh, the season with some concerns. And then over the first, you know, four weeks was, okay, well, this offensive line is one of the best in football. And now it's kind of a, they, maybe they just weren't playing. Now, granted, the Bucks front seven is tremendous. And they were asked to do a lot, but I think there's there's a little more weaknesses there than maybe we were willing to concede. And also, I mean, part of it for me, I just, just kind of a, an odd curiosity, kind of going through all the passing stuff. Packers went vertical way more than I thought they were going to. A whole lot of vertical, a whole lot of long developing concepts, um, especially kind of later in the game. And some of that maybe is playing catch up, but they were kind of they were hitting that, especially against a team that they couldn't stop the pass rush against. They were going for those big hitters more than I kind of thought, even before it was kind of they were down by a lot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like Sarah said, there's a you know cause for concerns. It sucks, but like there's you know there's not a whole lot. I don't feel like there's a whole lot that we learned or that I learned from this past week that was like a big fatal flaw that like we kind of didn't already kind of know about. Uh, I still like Sarah said, still think they're a contender. It's just they ran into a bad matchup in a bad week. It, it sucks that it happened after the bye because this has happened in the past. Um, I said the past, you know, last year. You're familiar with last year when this happened. Um, but that's, that's that's a little, seems like an oddity. But, I don't know, it's uh, just just a kind of an ugly game. Pick six and then everything went sideways. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a tough game to watch for sure. It made me kind of like feel like smacking your head up against a wall of, I didn't love the play calling pretty much for the most part throughout the entire game. I didn't understand why they continually ran the outside pitch when the linebackers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were flying to that and smacking people in the back, yet run the ball up the middle, and it seemed to be going pretty well and got away from that. Um, you know, it's it was one of those things. Like, everybody's been praising my, uh, Matt LaFleur for his play calling, and again, like, Sometimes you have a stinker as a, of a game and as a play calling. Like at Dusty, I think you even put out the yard, like the, from basically what it <laughs> seems, get the scripted yeah. yards per uh, your per play, and then the as soon as the script was over, and it was just an alarming difference. It was like six or seven yards for one and one point two yards for the other. Yeah, or something like that. it was uh, it was pretty bad this week. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was like my biggest takeaway. And for anybody who's ever seen the movie The Replacements, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to me, and I'm not even trying to make a joke, but this is like one of the ser- more serious parts of the movie. But I I put it out on Twitter. It just sucks because it was like a minute or two long clip, and you, I don't know how to cut that from YouTube and make the actual video go to Twitter. So I just put a link to it. One bad thing happened. One bad thing happens, and then the next bad thing happens, and then all of a sudden it just it, it's so fast you just can't get out of it. 
And that's what that game felt like. That's mm-hmm. what exactly what it felt like. It was, oh, okay, pick six. Like, all right, still, whatever. It's 10-7. We're fine. We'll go. The Packers will go back and, and score. And then, you know, it looked like it potentially could have been an offsides on uh, Tampa Bay, and the ball bounces off Javante's hands, and all of a sudden they're at the two, and it's 14-10, to 10, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, how the hell did yeah. that just happen? Uh, so it's it was just one of those things that, you know, eventually those games happen. Like it's one team ever has gone sixteen or what, two teams ever have gone sixteen and zero in an NFL season. So to to think that that was going to happen again, it was kind of you know a lofty dream. But you move on. They've got the Texans coming into Lambeau, and uh, we'll kind of see what happens. So. We've got another Pat McAfee talk to talk about. Uh, he was on with uh, Rogers was on with McAfee again today. You know his weekly his weekly visit. So Sarah, you were able to listen. I was able to actually catch more than normal today. I saw a bunch of clips. So, or a couple of the ones that uh, stood out to you. Yeah, well, I had to laugh at the Game of Thrones saga uh, getting brought up again, and which character Rogers was, and in the show, and. I- I thought it was hilarious that A.J. Hawk, who's friends with Rogers, who has met him, obviously, in person, and, you know, because you know, you know, sometimes you see someone on TV and they look different than how they actually do in person. Like, he's known him for years, and he sent Rogers the picture of who everyone thought was Aaron <laughs> Rogers in Game of Thrones and was like, yo, bro, this is so cool that this is you, and it just wasn't Aaron Rodgers at all. And I guess Aaron Rodgers actually got pretty ticked off. He's like, no, that's not me. Like, you literally know me. That's just not me, and everyone thinks it is. So I had to laugh at that. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, another thing that was just interesting was hearing him talk about the game. And, like, he basically said nobody likes losing, but kind of what I said before. Like, if we if we were going to lose, at least we figured it out now. We got our buck, butts kicked. We know what we need to do. Um, so I was kind of happy to see that from Rodgers. To be honest, I was a little nervous about Pat McAfee this week because it's been so fun and lighthearted and everything's been great because they've been winning. And now I'm like, oh, no, it's going to happen. <laughs> they just came off a really ugly loss. But he seemed like he was in great spirits and that he was really positive about it. Um, and, yeah, Steve, I know you watched a little more, too, if you wanted to add any of your takeaways. Yeah, I mean, to, to pile onto the Game of Thrones stuff, it was just hilarious because they tried to – to like pin him down and say, okay, like what, what what was the scene? What was the one you were in? And he just started like spouting off like nonsense about his takes about the show and how he wasn't happy about the ending and how <laughs> and, and and they try to like reel him back in. They're like, no man, just tell like you never told us exact scene. Like there's been speculation and you've kind of said this wasn't me, but what was it? And then he starts talking about the scene he was in. But not him. He starts talking about what was happening with the characters of the Game of Thrones in the scene, and so so it was really funny to watch. Um, one of the other funny parts I thought was when they started talking about you know the the drinks that Rogers pours, and you know it's always been the funny joke of where he pours you know the extra finger, the fourth finger of tequila or scotch or whatever, and McAfee all of a sudden starts like pouring a drink into a glass and measuring measuring four fingers and interrupts and goes, dude, four fingers of scotch? This is four fingers of scotch? He's like, that's a lot of scotch. And, and so they kind of joke back and forth, and then Roger tells him that he, he has fat fingers, so that's more than his poor would normally be. But um, 
it was like it was all in good fun. They asked him about like Mike McCarthy and the pack and the uh, Cowboys and you know all those things that are coming out of the Cowboys locker room, which is kind of eye opening. And every Packers fan is like, "Well, we could have told you that," <laughs> but you know, Rogers did a nice, I think at least a very nice like cordial way of like kind of jumping around that of saying you know every head coach has a different philosophy perspective on things and it, you know had good things to say about McCarthy wasn't going to throw him under the bus I did enjoy the the topic of the, the touchdown celebration after his uh, <laughs> rushing touchdown uh, because he didn't realize that people on his team were upset that he got hit late and then so apparently there were supposed to be some people that would come up to him to help replay the uh, the key and peel I don't even know Dusty you said Hingle McCringleberry. <laughs> exactly, right. Uh, so there were supposed to be some teammates that helped him out with that. Uh, they were supposed to be, you know, be staring at a certain area of him. <laughs> <laughs> and he was very confused as to why nobody was coming over. And so he, he had a good laugh that, uh, that Timmy Boyle helped him, came over eventually. He's like, because I didn't know what to do. Should I, should I do it? Should I not do it? He's like, eventually I just had to go for it. So... Uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it seems like they're definitely talking a lot of like a lot of fun, but they're also talking football, which is really cool. So, um, definitely glad that he's doing the show, and it's definitely definitely worthwhile to check out and see the uh, the lighter side of Aaron Rodgers for sure. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. But let's jump in. Uh, from last week, we've got the prop bet, which we still have not uh, determined the penalty for, but we're definitely going to have mean to Sarah's penalty. Yeah, we're, we're keying in on who the penalty is going to be against <laughs> at this point, I believe. I shouldn't talk. I'm 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 one up at this point. So, uh, so basically, the over under last week was for I believe it was eighty point five penalty yards Sounds for right. the yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> because they were the most penalized team in the NFL, and shockingly, they got penalized for nothing. Such bull. Such bull. Literally nothing. Um, I was the only one to take the under. I legitimately thought it would have been 60 to 70 yards maybe, but I did not expect zero. It was That was pretty shocking and really annoying. So, um, <laughs> However, I did win, so that puts my record at 3-2. and two. Dusty and Sarah both took the L, so that dust, has Dusty at 2-3 and three, and Sarah at 1-4. and four. So, uh, Sarah, I mean, to, to be fair, like that's still a you're very much in the in the realm of being able to come back. We're not but, we're not we're not picking games here. I have a feeling this could fluctuate wildly. Exactly. Like this is 
yeah, I don't I mean, feel good, so I'm glad you have the confidence <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but we do definitely need to we need to still source out the uh, the punishments. So we'll uh, maybe we'll I'll, we'll put out another one tonight because I think we got a couple of like last time we got changing your Twitter avatar, which definitely it's not it's not enough. And then there was another one of it singing was, like it was singing Bohemian Rhapsody, which Bohemian Rhapsody that song's think, long. There was another one of singing Bear Down Chicago Bears, and I think mm. my limit is the singing aspect. Like that's just too like I don't want to hurt people's feelings and make them like bleed out of their ears. So that's my limit is the singing that's just not going to go well. Plus, I really don't want myself singing on the internet. Like that's just something I would like to avoid completely. So. Uh, so yeah, we will source that out still. Uh, in our prop bet, we will have at the end of this uh, segment where we cover the Texans' defense versus the Packers' offense. So Sarah, uh, let's start with you. Tell me one thing you're going to be looking for in the Packers' offense versus the Texans' defense coming up this week. Yeah, so I'm going to be looking for Aaron Jones just. Against the Texans' run defense, their run defense, if you did not know, is <laughs> quite bad. Actually, their defense in general is very bad. So let's throw some stats out here for you. So the Texans, according to ESPN, are giving up an average of 30.5 points and 423 yards per game in their 1-5 and five start, which is just <laughs> disgusting. They gave up a total of 369 yards to the Chiefs, 407 to the Ravens, 387 to the Steelers, 410 against the Vikings, who we destroyed, <laughs> 364 against the Jaguars, which living in Florida, that's just not good. And... Then this week, 601 total yards against the Titans. So really, really, really bad. Their run defense is horrifically bad. Um, I'm sure everyone saw Derrick Henry scored a 94-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter to kind of elevate the uh, Titans' comeback. So I, this is a, we could not ask for a better game on our schedule to come after the just dumpster fire that was the Packers' performance on Sunday. This is an opportunity for the offense to get back in sync, to put up a lot of points, and I really think Aaron Jones is going to be a key player in that. Yes, in the run game, but also in the pass game as well. So I'm going to be specifically watching for that. Aaron Jones versus the Texans' horrific defense. Yeah, and I'm looking for, I mean, (laughs) see offense to bounce back. But really, I mean, kind of more the passing game. They went... Their passing yardage, they they'd been doing very well, you know, so far. I mean, they they hadn't been passing a ton when they don't have to, but they had you know 364 yards in, in week one, 229, 271, 315, and then 107 against the Bucks. And so, I mean, really, I mean, I assume all of us kind of came up against the same issue when looking at this Texans defense. That's you're trying to pinpoint area they can attack, and it turns out it's 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 all of it. I mean, they're they are uh, Texans are fourth worst in the league at tackling. So you've got that, you know. I was kind of looking at the rushing game, but let's let's, let's stick with the passing game. So I try to narrow it down a little bit. Okay, who are they targeting in the passing game? Where the, where do the Texans have weaknesses? Again, it's everywhere. Against wide receiver one, this is per Football Outsiders DVOA. Against wide receiver one, they're twenty second in the league. Wide receiver two, 29th. Other wide receivers, just any other wide receiver, 
20th in the league. Tight ends, 27th. Running backs, 20th. They're bad across the board. Like, if you're looking at where they're worse, it's wide receiver two, which granted is kind of the Packers' weakness-ish. Because if you're looking at wide receiver two at this point, it's it's MVS, I'm going to assume, even though he's not really a traditional wide receiver two. But you're looking at that, so you've got you've got that speed there for MVS, and that opens a whole bunch of stuff up. And 27th against tight ends is plays pretty well against the speed of MVS. So if we're looking for, okay, where are they going to attack? What are they going to do? <laughs> Again, it could be anything and everything. But for a specific area, you're looking for, like, likely some stuff to Devontae. You get MVS up over the top. And then hopefully get, uh, you know, get get Tanyan back on track. Maybe get uh, maybe get Sternberger involved a little bit since they're kind of bad against tight ends. You kind of get that in there. Uh, and then I'm with Sarah as well. I mean, Aaron Jones could have is in line for a big day. Really, it's everyone on the offense could have a big day. But really, it's for me, it's, it's MVS and Tanyan. How are they going to use those guys and what are they going to do with them? I am going to be looking at uh, QB1 for sure because bounce back game for him. Um, Eli Berkovitz, who is at Book of Eli underscore NFL, put this one out that Aaron Rodgers stats in games after throwing two plus interceptions 4,825 yards, 38 touchdowns, four interceptions. <laughs> that does include the playoffs, but still, the man gets annoyed when he doesn't play well, has that chip on his shoulder, and he's going up against a inferior defense. So I'm looking for him to uh, put up some big, big numbers as well. I mean, it sounds like everybody's on everybody on the Packers' offense is going to eat this week. So uh, fantasy-wise, your daily fantasy you might want to stack up a little bit there. <laughs> um but overall, I think I think that's going to be a really, really good thing for him. Um, bounce back. I mean, everybody. This is a week by week basis for the NFL, where everybody freaks out or loves you. I mean, before the Packers went on the bye, there was the talks about how the Packers' offense was the most historic uh, and best offense ever in the NFL. And now they're complete trash and everything like that. So I'm looking for the bounce back game. Uh, I think it should be just fine for the Packers. Um, do you guys have prediction-wise scores or at least Packers victory, Packers loss? What are you thinking? Yeah, I think we win. I haven't really thought about, you know, a specific score, and I hate doing it after our experience last year, but I think we win, and I think we win by a pretty decent margin. Yeah, most Sarah. I mean, it's the Texans certainly have the firepower on offense uh, to put up some points, you know, if things get rolling for them. By firepower on offense, I mean Deshaun Watson, Deshaun and, Watson yeah. and Randall Cobb, basically, because I love me some Randall Cobb. Like, that's, they don't have a ton of weapons, really. Like, it's since trading away new, new Hopkins. But you can, you can squint and you can see, like, okay, they could potentially do some stuff. I, I think if you play this game nine times out of ten, I think the Packers wouldn't buy you know, at least 17 would be my guess. Like, like they should be pissed off. And, it, like, like we've been saying, perfect bounce back game. So I think Packers win by a lot. I'm going to go Packers 11 million, Texans 12. Like I said, at least 17. That's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to say four field goals for the Texans. Okay. <laughs> so. uh, all right, so our prop bet for the week, Dusty, it is your turn. You want to go ahead and tell everybody what your thought was? Uh, yeah, if you haven't picked up on this, the Texans' defense is, like, real, real bad. So uh, I was kind of looking at this. So they've played six games. Over those six games, the opposing team has averaged, has averaged 
177 and a half rushing yards against. In five of their six games, the opponent has gone over 160, and in two of those games, they've gone over 230. So we're setting the over-under. We're going rushing yards, and we're going to go rushing yards at 159 and a half. So what do we got? I guess uh, Sarah, low man, we'll go with you. What, uh, what, do, you, what do you got? Over under 159 and a half rushing yards. So this is my logic. I want to take the over, but I'm going to go against what I think since apparently I'm just wrong every week and <laughs> take the under and see if that logic works. Outstanding. Sarah is now fading herself. <laughs> we played five games and Sarah's already just in ruins, just an absolute wreck. Yeah, so I'm wrong about everything. So what is what I think? Sub me out with Jordan Love. I'm, I'm washed. Like I can't do this anymore. Uh, I guess I'll go next since I'm I'm next man up. Um, I'm uh, this is you know not the keep pace of Sarah thing. I'm actually going. I'm taking under as well. And my thought is. And my thought is that the Packers will be very pissed off at how this went, and Rodgers will be pissed off at how this went, and he'll just want to chuck it. And so I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win by a lot. But I think they're going to kind of feature the passing game a little more than the running game. And like Sarah said, um, you know, I think Aaron Jones is going to be involved. I don't know if Tyler Irvin is going to be healthy. But I do think, you know, they weren't really heavy on that on the jet sweep stuff out of shotgun in week one. And they haven't really done any pitches, I don't think, since week one. And that's, I think the effect of that is you're starting to see a trail off of that slightly. And so I think they're going to get back to that a little bit. And those count as passes when you get that little, you get the touch from shotgun with that jet motion. So I think we're going to see some little things that could potentially be runs that are actually going to end up being passes. So I think just based on the fact that they want to maybe set fire to something and get back on track, uh, I'll take the under. I mean, I still think they're going to rush for a lot. I just don't think they're going for that many. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, or an overbearing parent screaming words of wisdom from the stands, fewer than 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Whether it be 30 years of Hall of Fame QB play in Green Bay, or 30 years of quarterback torture in Chicago, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for watching football. Man, I, 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 can't, I can't agree with both of you guys, so I guess I'll have to take the over. And that normally has worked out well for me. It yeah. really has. It <laughs> really has. <laughs> You're welcome, Steve. No, I mean, honestly, I, I, that was actually going to be my answer anyway, because when we did uh, 159.5, I think that was kind of when I was like, you know what, if – I think it's going to be ugly early, and I think there's going to be a lot more rushes than passes. And I think, like you said, Dusty, I think they will showcase early the passing game, and I think they will be effective in doing that. But I mean, Malisford does like running the ball, and when they did it, when they did it against Tampa Bay, like on the inside, they were doing it quite well. So the, obviously, their rush game is still effective. All three of those guys can run the ball. So combined with those three another a rod like run for 15 20 yards i think they can get the over on 159 especially for the amount of rushing yards that the texans are giving up yeah um, so that'll be a fun one to, to monitor um but again we will put out a uh a t- couple tweets tonight to see if we can get some uh some ideas for punishments whether it's food whether it's uh recording something stupid Outside of singing, I think we'll, we'll be able to we'll be able to source something pretty fun for you guys. So, 
We will jump in now to questions because we like to hear exactly what you guys want to talk about every week of the season now. Um, so we always put it out to you guys and you guys deliver for us. So first one we have is from Mike Kawano, and he wants to know, what is each of your nervous in-game ticks? For example, I cannot eat during games. I often end games famished uh, to lightly dizzy. Uh, also, the worse the game goes, the more I can't look away. People watching me uh, watching me watch games think I'm crazy. So, uh, Dusty, do you have any like nervous ticks or anything that happened during games? Not really. I mean, yeah, maybe if you ask the people I typically watch games with, but you know, I I get into games, but I don't know that I have like a set nervous tick. I, I'm on the contrary to Mike. I believe I eat too much during games. But that's just because yeah, we get agreed. food. Like I'm, you know, I'm getting wings or getting got some real nice uh, uh, pizza this past week and just just devoured entirely too much pizza during a loss, which felt just about right. Uh, but no, I don't. I mean, you know, I get a little. Uh, edge of my CD sometimes, I, I clap a little, sometimes I talk to the TV, but I think, like, the days of nervous ticks, I think, for me, um, I don't really know that I have those anymore during a game. Yeah, I'm, uh, anybody who plays video games, I'm always, like, when the Packers are doing well, I'm sitting back in the chair, I'm relaxed on the couch, whatever, but once something starts to, you know, need to be involved in it, I will lean forward kind of have like the Mr. Miyagi clap going too, where I'll smack my hands together and start rubbing them like, okay, come on, let's go. We need a pick here. We need a pick here. Something like, something along those lines. Um, I'd say those are probably like my biggest nervous six of once, once I realize that I am needed in the game and my participation is definitely required, then I need to do the lean forward <laughs> from my uh, spot at the couch because obviously I'm part of the game. So. Correct. Uh, Sarah, what about you? Mine is kind of weird, but I, like, just watch the game in my chair, you know, sitting there in front of my TV. But if I get really nervous, I'll either stand up and just stand. Like, I don't pace. I just stand. Or I'll just literally sit on the ground. Like, the Saints game a couple weeks ago, when it started going <laughs> back and forth, I just, like, sat on my rug in front of my TV because I was too nervous. Just sit in my chair. I don't know why. That's my nervous tick. A lot of it's it's cool because you know a lot of serial killers do that same thing. So <laughs> just kind of sit and stare blankly at a spot. <laughs> yeah, I'm like watching it. the game. I'm just changing like my position. Of I don't know. All I can imagine is like my five-year-old kid, like sitting, like the teacher coming up. Okay, how are you supposed to sit? Like you're not supposed to sit like that. Crisscross applesauce. Get those knees crossed, guys. I, I'm sitting on the ground on my rug and have my juice box there and my little Packers foam finger. Little bowl of goldfish crackers. Yeah, exactly. If you sit correctly, we'll be using goldfish crackers. <laughs> Oh, man. So Sarah gets in trouble with her neighbors and screams and they win big games and sits on the floor like a psychopath and they're not doing well. This is, I like it. I like this side yeah, of Sarah. Yeah, I'm literally yelling from, like, sitting on the ground. <laughs> when things go wrong, like, hands around the head, like, rocking back and forth. No, no, no. No, no, you can't throw another pig stick. Not again, not again, not again, not again. <laughs> Next up, we oh, have good. Underage Packers Podcast. Uh, I wants to. They want to know uh, that Preston Smith has been talked about plenty, but they are curious. 
does he still exist? So I will leave it to you two who are like fans of Marvel Comics and all that kind of stuff. Like Preston St- Smith still in this universe on the Sacker team? Well, Steve, it's not a matter of existing. It's it's what version. It's a multiverse, and which version of him exists <laughs> on this so plane, Steve? <laughs> it's, I knew I, I knew I set this question up really well for you. <laughs> you see, let me push on my glasses here. You see, Steve, in the multiverse. Um, see here, guys. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> He exists. That's that's true. He exists. So this has been fun uh, tracking like uh, drop back into coverage desk because that was one of, one of the big things that people are talking about is well, he's, he's dropping back into coverage more. Through five games, he's dropped back into coverage the exact same amount of snaps he did last year, but his pressure rate is way way down. I think there's there's reports of him like showing up to camp out of like like a little overweight and stuff. I think he doesn't. I've not watched some of the pressure stuff as closely as I did last year on a week to week basis. So I don't know if he's asked to do the same exact things, but there's just not there's not that impact there. Like he still he sets a good edge against the run. He does what's needed of him, but he's not he just does not have that same impact that he did last year. And I'm not I I don't and I don't know where that is. He was never uh, like a big you know bender on the edge guy. He was never like a just a, a massive athlete. He's just he's very good at what he does, and he's able to generate pressure. He gets that power. Like he'd have. He'd have stretches previously in his career where he'd kind of have these downspurts. So that could be what it is. But, yeah, for whatever reason, you know, he's he's playing at the line the exact same amount as he was before. He's just, for whatever reason, the impact just, just is not there. And with uh, with Rashawn Gary, you know, taking at least a mini leap this year, you kind of hope those numbers are going to go up. So still exists, still a person, but has been replaced with someone else in the multiverse. Yes, Steve. Yeah, I feel like to stick with our superhero multiverse theme. I feel like I'm like Tom Holland, Spider-Man on the ledge looking at like the mural of Preston <laughs> Smith instead of Iron Man. Everywhere I go, I see his face. I just really miss him. <laughs> so that's how I feel. I, that's I, good. I mean, like you said, Dusty, he's there. He's playing the same amount of snaps. But there aren't like the sexy plays that we saw last year where it was like he was putting all this pressure on, he was applying it, and we're like, wow, this guy is really something. So he's there, and he's doing a great job. We're just not seeing the flashes that we saw last year. I hope we do, because like I said, I really miss him. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the uh, the downfall, not downfalls, but like one of the things you worry about, I guess, was signing big free agents. Of like he, he responded right away year one. Uh, same with, with the Darius, like he was all over the place. And is it like what? Like you, you don't know what's going on, but it's kind of the fear of you know all of a sudden. Well, why did Washington let this guy go? And he starts to do that kind of maybe questioning the move and everything like that. And everybody's now trying to talk about well, what happens if they cut him? What happens if they trade him? What happens all this stuff? So. You're hoping, like you said, Dusty, it is just kind of that downtick for a little bit, and it's happened a couple times in his career before. Hopefully he gets it figured out and they can start uh, start going to town um, on the Texans' offensive line, and he's back and ready to go. So fascinating to watch. It's kind of crazy that he went from such a impact player last year to not having basically any impact at all this year. So definitely something to continue to watch. Next up we've got Timo, who wants to know Yash Nijman has been listed on the depth chart all year as Bakhtiari's backup. If Bakhtiari can't go, do you think they give him the nod over Wagner? 
Now, uh, one thing I did forget to mention is that uh, today Bakhtiari was on Milwaukee uh, Sports Radio, 105.7 FM, The Fan, and did say his injury is not season-ending, so at some point he should be back. However, he did not uh, reveal if he would be ready to go this week, next week, anything like that. So the only update I ever heard, and then we searched Twitter and didn't see anything else, was um, from basically this sports radio talk uh, that, from himself saying it. Not, not season-ending, but cannot give a timeline at this point. So um, what do you guys think? Is uh, Yash Nijman going to be getting some playing time this week? No. <laughs> no Wagner's the guy He's done a great job when they've had to shift him around a little bit On Pat McAfee on Tuesday Rogers said he was really impressed with him And he's been impressed with him all season So if that's the guy that we're trusting to protect Aaron Rodgers And Aaron Rodgers is happy with what he's doing We haven't seen any major faults so far He's going to be the guy So sorry but Sorry It's Wagner yeah, Sarah summed up. Yeah, Wagner. I mean, Wagner. Since they signed him, was always like a, a stopgap guy, like not a long-term guy. You know, here a year or two, or that's it. But playing while he's here, I mean, it, it, like when they've needed someone to kind of step in at either side when they've needed a six offensive lineman, it's been Wagner that's gotten the call, and he's he's done well when when he's been needed. So Nijman, I know, is the you know kind of. <laughs> the unknown. He's kind of the, uh, the maybe he turns into something. It'd be kind of cool. But Wagner, you know what you have now. And even when they signed him, was like it, it was health was more the concern. Like he's at least serviceable. The, like his his floor was serviceable when he's healthy, but he has a slightly higher upside than that. Uh, and he's he's shown himself to be good when he called upon. So yeah, I don't. I mean, I I think that's that's a pretty easy call. It's it's Wagner. I think in a landslide. Uh, all right, final question. We've got one uh, from Just Keating. Pretty good name. Uh, <laughs> I just got that. Yeah, I know. I had to read it out loud and go, oh, okay. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, how badly do the Packers need to beat the Texans so they will give up on the season slash life and trade us J.J. Watts? Uh, actually, this is one that I am just going to take over because uh, – just Keating? Yeah, man, that ain't happening. Uh, the Packers have roughly, I think, like $7 million right now in cap space. And if you ever have a question about if the Packers are going to trade for anybody, if they're going to sign somebody, just, just go follow Ken Inglis. Um, because, and that's at Ken Inglis because, I mean, he, he breaks down the Packers cap better than pretty much anybody on Twitter. And... Right now, if the Packers traded for J.J. Watt, let alone giving up the draft pick, they would have to give him uh, roughly, if he's traded for today, $10 million. If he's traded for next week, $9.1 million. And at the trade deadline, $8.2 million. And best of all, in 2021, he would be owed $17.5 million. So we've already talked about all the people that they need to sign, all the things that need to happen so giving up a draft pick um and then giving up all that extra money is just one of those things i don't i really 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 don't see that happening if anybody is going to get traded for on the texans i would actually believe it would be kenny stills not um 
not J.J. Watt. I think that's a much more palatable contract. I believe it's the last year of his contract, and you would get a much more known wide receiver as opposed to an often injured defensive end for the Texans who costs a lot of freaking money. So that is where uh, we are going to end some things tonight. Before we get going, I do – I know we've talked about this a bunch of times, but – since Halloween is approaching, I do want to ask you guys, um, there's always, you know, rankings of Halloween candies and things like that. What is your, like, go-to Halloween candy? Like, what's the one that was in your bucket or your pillowcase that you would you would have to, like, count them out and be like, okay, these ones are just not being traded whatsoever? I've always been a big, uh, big Reese's guy. So, like, uh, pieces and peanut butter cups, they go hard for. Uh, I mean, that's... You know, I'll <laughs> I will eat anything, Steve. Sure, I will eat anything. But uh, Reese's and as a younger man, human, uh, human as, dumpster, you are my friend. That's correct. <laughs> and if you knew my uh, my grandfather, you know I came by it honestly. Um, but yeah, uh, Butterfinger, Butterfinger was always high up there as well. Uh, I don't know. That's I think that's about where I go. For me, like when I was a child, it was Fun Dip. I was obsessed. With fun dip. Oh no, yes. we're gonna get this conversation again. Yes, I feel like this is our very first podcast. Yeah, talk about fun dip, Sarah. Your your snack, your favorite snack, fun dip. God, I forgot about that. It's like the words are coming out of my mouth. I feel the pressure again. Anyways, but now I think it would definitely be Snickers. I love a good Snickers. Um, and yeah, I would I would fight anyone for to keep that in my pillowcase. Okay. Yeah, I was very curious. I just saw like a like the top like twenty or top sixteen Halloween candies, and Reese's cups were number one, and then Reese's miniatures were number two, and that just annoyed me because Reese's, the same thing. No, they're not. They're not even close to the same thing. No, they're not. The the, the chocolate peanut butter ratio is all off. It, oh. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I mean, they're the same. My ingredient. Yeah. Get right, Sarah. Yeah. Get right. Good lord, dude. Like. <laughs> You know, a life experience under your belt before you come with that nonsense, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the overwhelming theme of the whole like lineup was like peanut butter and chocolate. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, for me, Reese's is, is going to be the all-time one. Uh, all right, so that will wrap it up for us this week. Um, Sarah, go ahead. You got any closing thoughts for us? Yeah, so, I mean, as always, I'll have my game recap up on Sunday for She Said TV. But also, I want to talk about a gift I received recently that is one of the best and most timely gifts I've ever received. I'm showing you guys. I will post a picture of it. This is called the Damn It Doll. It looks like, if I'm trying to describe it, it looks like one of those blown-up, wiggly people that are in front of car dealerships. (laughs) So... I've just been really stressed out. You know, the pandemic is stressful, work has been stressful, election season, all that. Lots to be stressed out about. So my mom, I saw my mom this weekend, and she gives me this doll. And I'm like, what is this? It's called the Damn It Doll. I'm going to read you the poem that's upon it. Whenever things don't go so well and you want to hit the wall and yell, here's a little Damn It Doll that you can't do without. Just grasp it firmly by the legs. And find a place to slam it. And as you whack the stuffy now, yell, damn it, damn it, damn it. This thing, (laughs) I smacked it so much during the Packers game. It was amazing. 
I 10 out of 10 recommend. This is not an ad, by the way. This is just something that has been helped. Fresh. I will post a picture of it. I looked it up. It's on Amazon. This thing is a lifesaver. I've had it for like three days, and I'm like, this is amazing. I will need this. I'll probably need it during the debate on Thursday, just watching that. So definitely invest in a damn it doll. All right, so my final thoughts, I'll hit mine are, uh, you know, kind of same thing I'm doing every week at this point. I've settled into my comfortable rut. Um, so we've got three articles hitting this week. Today, as you're listening to this, as you're listening to our melodious voices uh, over at Packer Report at, at, at noon, will be uh, over uh, my favorite pressure. So I'm looking at – now, I think they pressured Tom Brady twice this past week, so I didn't have many to choose from. Uh, but it was a uh, delayed Will Redmond blitz late in the game. It may have been Brady's last throw. I, I did not check that. So the game was well out of hand. But just, you know, I'm a sucker for a nicely designed pressure, and so that was uh, that was a fun one, kind of – Kind of had Kiki and uh, Zedarius kind of uh, split the linemen, Ty Summers mugging until the very last minute to kind of sell that and then kind of uh, switching the rushers there to, to create a lane. So that was fun. Uh, also today at Cheesehead uh, at 4, you have the Passing Chronicles, which, you know, not a lot of great stuff. So the vast majority of that article spends time in the first quarter. But you've got uh, – they did a, a really nice – a really good first quarter, though. It's a really good first quarter. <laughs> they did a, a, a fun kind of slant off RPO. I've been talking about this for a couple of years now. The Packers typically, when they run RPOs, the pass option on that – is a wide receiver screen uh, in the flat, so kind of a, a horizontal stretch. They've not done a whole lot vertically down the field, so this is kind of a vertical. And this was a, you're reading kind of the backside guy, and you're throwing vertically down the field, you know, and, and it worked really well. So that was a beautiful concept, really well run. I really like that one. Got a, you know, got some four verts in there. You got uh, mesh and a couple crossing concepts. That first quarter, I think I got a single play in the second quarter, like some fun stuff thrown out there. And even beyond that, uh, they actually did run some decent stuff. They just got down, down so quickly that I think they kind of abandoned what they wanted to do. And then kind of in that vein, on Friday over at Packer Report, I've got, uh, I've got, I'm looking at a jet wheel concept that they ran. That was the, uh, the play that was ruled complete to Jones that then got overturned. Uh, on on the replay, so that concept there was was a wheel concept that they played with. Basically, him and setting that up for four weeks, and it was something that Tampa Bay was bad against. So, I kind of bring up examples from past week as far as what the Packers had kind of done to kind of set some of the stuff up, show some examples of how Tampa Bay had struggled with that, and then kind of talk through the play a little bit. So, it was an incomplete pass, but a really really fun concept, a really really fun play that kind of showed, I know to me anyway, kind of the the value of you know looking at game planning and setting these concepts up and what that looks like when you actually set something up successfully and run that against a, a, a good team. It's just the throw is a little late, but the concept was really, really pretty. So uh, really, you know, ugly week from a game standpoint, but still some fun stuff to talk about. So uh, thankful for that, at least. <laughs> uh, and I mean, for me, I'm beating the same old drum of make sure you, you know where to go vote. If you uh, can go do it. Uh, early voting is out in Wisconsin. Um, I, I'm not sure about Kentucky and Florida, but mm-hmm. um, there's there's a lot of places you can yep. go take care of it. Do it safely. Um, mail in mail in ballots. Anything you guys got to do, just make sure you're taking taking advantage of that and being smart and safe about it. And then again, Wisconsin is a freaking hotbed for COVID right now. So wear a mask, stay at home whenever humanly possible. Be smart and be kind to other people. Help somebody out if you, if at all possible. But again, it's a crazy ass time right now. So be happy that there's actually Packers football going on. Whether it's a win or a loss, we still 
have that relief. We have that three hours of, of fun and excitement to watch the game. So it's something definitely to look forward to each week. So I know that's what I'm looking forward to this weekend. It'll be a lot of fun. Thank you guys for listening. As always, follow us on Twitter at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelher 4, at Steve Perhatch, and at Packaday Podcast. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, as always, we'll need some questions from you guys, and hopefully we'll be talking about a Packers victory with 160-plus yards rushing for the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you guys again for listening. Um, we will throw out a couple of tweets, hopefully, to get some, some thoughts on prop bet uh, payoffs and everything like that. So uh, we will catch you next week. Uh, as always, go Pack Go! is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.